0: Hey, good evening, everybody. It is nine o'clock on Friday, December 7th, 2018. We're coming to you with a special report about the winter storm approaching the Carolinas tonight. Major winter storm expected for a good portion of North Carolina and South Carolina with winter storm watches and warnings remaining in effect across the area. I'm Ricky Matthews in Bristol, Tennessee. There you see a map of our watches and warnings that we have currently, uh, with the exception of One county, Cherokee County, North Carolina, winter storm watches and warnings in effect for a large portion of central and western North Carolina with the impending snowstorm coming up here late tomorrow and into the day on Sunday. We've got an entire panel of people here to give you the latest information on what is going to be expected with this storm. And we also have uh, a few guests joining us tonight as well. We'll bring them in here in just a little bit. So what I wanna do first is kinda show you the uh, synopsis of what we've got going on here and I'm gonna get ready to share my screen and we will show you kind of what's going on with this system to the west. Uh, you'll notice on the radar when it pops up here, a good amount of rain across portions of Texas and also into the uh, Louisiana and Arkansas area. So all this rain here is going to continue to move and spread up to the north and east as the area low pressure develops along the Gulf Coast and tracks pretty much right through here. As that happens, we do expect a good amount of rain to overspread the Charlotte area. We do expect a good amount of uh, moisture to overspread Western North Carolina. And as that happens, we expect temperatures to be down to near freezing or maybe slightly above in a good majority of the area due to an area of high pressure to the north. Here you see on the map here, uh, the big high up here across portions of Pennsylvania and up into New York the area low pressure down here as of Sunday morning and all the moisture that's overspread the region through this area. So this is the GFS model, uh, not turning on precipitation type. I'll switch it over to precipitation type and you'll see uh, that by Sunday morning, the GFS is predicting a good portion of North Carolina to be in that snow zone with that cooler air being drawn in by the high to the north. Now let's switch over to the nam 3 model and kind of take you through time here and step it out as we go into Saturday. So here we are late Saturday, uh, Saturday evening, and snow starting to potentially begin across some of the higher terrain of Western North Carolina towards uh, Swain County, Haywood, Jackson, Macon, uh, maybe Becumby and Madison, and then spreading East as we go into the overnight hours. So by midnight and approaching a one o'clock hour, we are seeing moisture pushing into Northeast Tennessee, uh, moisture pushing into Charlotte, likely rain at that time. But then the snow starting to fall across western North Carolina and this has the potential to be a very heavy wet snow as it does fall uh, with a good amount of moisture associated with the system. Now you notice these pink colors here that is our dreaded friend sleep and we do have some precipitation type issues with this storm as well we're going to talk more about that coming up here in just a little bit Uh, when we get to a few different areas but what we want to do is kind of break it down region by region first we're going to go to scotty powell who's in the western portion of north carolina he's going to detail some of the uh, impacts that are expected across western north carolina and then we'll also jump to the greensboro area and scotty will talk about that so scotty i'll hand it over to you all
1: right thank you for that ricky welcome uh, to the show tonight and for you who are following along watching us on facebook live and periscope we'd welcome your questions throughout the show. Uh, we'll try to get to as many as we can. So let's talk about the uh, the snowfall forecast and I will, uh, James, I don't know if we have our, our snowfall forecast. Okay, cool. So we have our projected uh, snowfall totals out right now. And this is going to be, uh, like Ricky said, a, a pretty significant winter storm wherever you may be in Western North Carolina. If you live in the mountains and the foothills, uh, this could be a pretty historic snowfall event we're looking at 12 to 16, possibly some isolated pockets of 20 inches of snow. So uh, that is going to be a pretty significant weather event here. And on top of that, we could see just a little bit of freezing rain between uh, Sunday night and Monday morning. And that could just put that little thin, crispy ice on top of all this snow that could cause all kinds of issues on area roadways and the power grids. One thing I want to share, I want to Share my screen here for just a second, and um, I want to show you the um, probabilities that we are working with. Oh snap! I just lost it. Hold on one second. Let me uh, let me pull that back up here, and um, bear with me. I closed out the wrong tab at the wrong time. So uh, the probabilities of seeing some, some significant snowfall. Just bear with me one second. Let me uh, find it here, and. Um, Sorry, guys, I hit the wrong button at the wrong time. And Scotty, you want to
2: bring up these probabilities because there's still, even on this Friday night, some amount of uncertainty with this forecast.
1: That's correct. Yeah, so I've got them now. So let me get this up here. So we're going to present my screen and share and you guys see this. Nope. Can you guys see my screen now? We had a model. Okay, so um, let me get to the snowfall here. I had everything set up, and then, you know, it just went away. So God, he's currently
0: showing the probability (laughs)
1: of
0: 80, and I don't think we're going to see those.
1: No, no, no. Let me, let's get to this screen. We'll go to the ensembles right quick. We'll go GFS, and then I'll pull up the the European probabilities. But this is the ensemble forecasting, and for those who uh, may be watching tonight, you may see this, like, snapshot, what we call deterministic snowfall totals. Well that's that's all well and good, but that's what gets most of the shares. But this is actually taking a step above and looking at each model run that comes in and how the computer systems tweak it this way or that way. and it kind of prints out different different uh, forecasts. And you can see by this model, this is for the foothills. This is a pretty consistent. Uh, model spread with uh, what could be happening here in Western North Carolina. As you can see, we're ranging anywhere between 11 to 17 inches of snow. So that's why we're pretty confident to say this is going to be a pretty big snowmaker for the foothills and the mountains of of Western North Carolina. As you can see, the European model, this is just the different runs over the past 10 days. You can see it's been a pretty significant uh, snowfall total as well uh for uh, the foothills of western north carolina so that's why we're pretty confident in saying that there is a, a good chance of us seeing some definitely some heavy snow moving into the area and uh that will um start to happen as Ricky was talking about uh early uh sunday morning we could see some rain mix in um late saturday night but early sunday morning we should start to see that snow mix in and and throughout the day sunday we'll see that heavier snow Move in now. At times, it could be uh, mixing with sleet. We'll talk about the different precipitation types and why the dreaded warm nose, which is really making us all go bonkers, because wherever that warm nose sets up depends um, on how much snow you could get. Uh, that warm nose could create uh, sleet in your forecast, and if you get a lot of sleet, that's going to kill. Uh, these higher snowfall accumulations. So that's something we still have to work out. But right now it looks like Western North Carolina, the foothills of uh, Western North Carolina and the mountains could definitely see a pretty big snow maker. So,
3: um, Scotty, I wanted to ask you since uh, we have a lot of folks on watching, can you explain the warm nose to folks that don't understand what that is and why it would cause sleet or other, other types of wintry mix?
1: I can. Uh, We're going to actually have a segment on that here in just a little bit. Ricky's got some uh, graphics to explain, but basically the warm nose is air aloft. It's it's air above our head. The temperature of that is really important. Uh, If it is below 32 degrees at 32 degrees or lower, the entire column of air is below freezing, and that's where we get our snowflake. But if that temperature is maybe 33 34 35 degrees and a little sliver of that above our head is 33 34 35 that snowflake will melt and then it can refreeze into these little ice pellets that we call sleet if that that layer of air is a little bit thicker that snowflake will actually uh melt into a raindrop and then that raindrop will fall to the surface and the surface is at or below freezing and that's how we get freezing rain so that warm nose is just uh, temperatures above our head that could be just a little bit uh warmer than uh than anticipated or warmer than freezing and that's how we get this uh dreaded uh sleet and freezing rain uh that moves into the area. So that is uh what it looks like for the foothills. Uh James if you'll pop up the map, we'll talk about uh the Greensboro area as well. And um here we go. So the Greensboro Winston-Salem area, we could also see a pretty uh, decent snowfall event out of those areas, uh, anywhere between 8 to 12 inches of uh, snow possible in those areas. Again, they're going to be affected by this warm nose. They could change over to a period of sleet or even freeze and rain the closer you get to Raleigh. That's why you can see uh, our snowfall accumulations a little bit lighter in the Raleigh area, 0 to 3 inches. You may see an initial burst of snow in Raleigh, But as the day transitions on, that warm nose moves into the area as the low pressure develops off the East Coast and kind of drags that warm air aloft. And we could actually turn to freezing rain or even rain in the Raleigh area. So Greensboro, Winston-Salem, you are in the 8 to 12 inches again, possibly a little locally, maybe some higher amounts. But uh, for the Interstate 40 corridor and the mountains of North Carolina, it's definitely going to be a very uh, significant winter storm that's going to cause issues on the roadways and the power grids. So Uh, Our uh, our advice to you tonight is to prepare for a major winter storm. If we do get any mixing of sleet, we could see these snowfall accumulations cut down just a little bit. But right now, it looks like it's going to be a um, heavy snowmaker for western North Carolina. So with that, I will toss it back to Ricky.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Scotty. And talking about one of those areas, that's going to see a lot of that heavy, wet snow. That is Boone, North Carolina. And we've got uh, one of my good Twitter followers who always sends us great pictures and reports from uh, Valley Cruces, North Carolina. Wes Grimes joining us tonight from the area that's potentially going to be some of the hardest hit. Wes, uh, how are things? How are the bread and milk stock up in your area? (laughs) Walmart
4: was a zoo today. Um, There was absolutely, uh, it it was a madhouse, So. I think gas gas is almost gone in the gas stations. Um, there was quite a line of uh, people getting gas, and so I went and got my last uh, last run done just a few minutes ago before we started this, and got the cars gassed up, and got the propane heater, and uh, you know weather radio, flashlights, all that. I think uh, could be pretty bad for us up here.
0: So North Carolina mountains certainly are, are no stranger to snow events, They're even heavy snow events, but uh, the amount of snow that could come down with this storm could cause some power outages and also uh honestly could trap some people in their homes for a few days. So talk about how Western North Carolina is uh, kind of unique to where you guys have a lot of back roads that never really get plowed, and then people kind of get stuck there sometimes
4: yeah there yeah there're really only a couple major roads um that get plowed, and most of the most of the people live kind of in the hills on gravel roads that uh, don't see a lot of attention from plows. And so everybody has four wheel drive up here. I mean, that's a requirement um, to live here. And so for the most part, I think people are, are taking it seriously and um, you know, we're going to be just not trying to leave. I mean, there's no point. Just try to hunker down and stay here and uh, read some books, play some board games, that kind of stuff.
0: And so you've set up a uh, camera outside for us, one of the Nest cameras, which we appreciate you letting us use. Uh, I am curious to see how much snow gets on that here in the coming days. You guys actually have a little snow left over from some northwest flow the last couple of days.
4: Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of an overachiever, a little engine that could. I I was surprised. Um, We were thinking, I don't know, maybe one to two inches and it just kept coming. So um i said yeah let's get a cam set up and uh see what we can capture i was getting tired of walking around with my phone and video videoing <laughs> everything <laughs> so. there you go
0: well we will certainly uh take use of that over the weekend so um some of the forecasts as we've shown and scotty has shown have s- shown 14 to you know maybe up 20 inches of snow uh what is the most snow you've seen in valley cruces
4: um you know i haven't been here but maybe maybe close to two years so not very long and uh I think probably the biggest snow was last year about this same exact time. Um, I think we had about eight, seven, to eight inches at my house. So, you know, tell, we're looking to double that. I have no idea what that's going to be like. So,
0: well, the good news is it should be a, uh, a heavy, wet snow. So it'll delight all the kids because they can uh, make lots of snowballs and snowmen out of this when yep. it does move in. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I've got three and they're looking forward to getting out there and playing in it. So.
0: All righty. Well, we thanks for, uh, thank you for joining us tonight and giving us a little bit of your time. Feel free to stick around if you'd like. And, uh, we're going to bounce back to Scotty here real quick because he's pulled up the probability maps, uh, that we were talking about earlier to kind of show how there's still a little bit of uncertainty with this, but a pretty good lock on some heavy totals across Western North Carolina.
1: All right. So here's our probabilities. Uh, this is going to be running through uh, Tuesday morning. Um, At about 8 a.m. And uh, let's start off with our three inches right here. So as you can see, this is the probability of three inches of snowfall. And as you can see, along the Interstate 40 corridor, up into the foothills in the North Carolina mountains, this is pegged out at about 90 to 99% uh, probability of seeing at least three inches of snow. So uh, three inches of snow generally here in North Carolina is a pretty big deal. It, It really starts to affect things. As we go to six inches of snow, again, You can see along the Interstate 40 corridor up into the foothills and the mountains, the uh, probabilities of 90 to 99 percent probability of seeing up to six inches of snow here in the western North Carolina area. It starts to get lower as we move into maybe Gaston County into uh, Mecklenburg County down into Union County and then out to our east over the Raleigh area. But again, those probabilities anywhere between 60 to 70, maybe 80%. So again, six inches of snow, a good bed across the mountains and the foothills and the Interstate 40 corridor. As we get into the Charlotte and the Raleigh metro area, those probabilities go down just a little bit. So let's look at 12 feet. This is a foot of snow. As you can see, the probabilities really start to shrink. But again, If you look down here towards Asheville, the southwest, the Smoky Mountains, that's a 90 to 99 percent chance of seeing uh, up to a foot of snow. Those are good probabilities. As you move into the foothills—McDowell, Burke, Caldwell, Catawba, Alexander, Wilkes, Allegheny, Ash, Avery, Wataga—this is about 80 90 percent chance of seeing up to 12 inches of snow. That's why, again, our confidence is the western North Carolina foothills and the mountains are going to see the biggest amounts. We also see those probabilities fairly high over the Greensboro area as well. Not the 80 to 90 percent, but again the 40, 50 percent, 60 percent chance of up to a foot of snow in the, inter, uh, the Greensboro, Winston-Salem area. As we go into 18 inches, we really start to see our probabilities start to shrink. Again, in the southwest mountains, just outside of Raleigh towards the Smokies, we see a 60, 70, 80% chance. As we go into the foothills, those chances get lower 20 to 30%. And then as we get along the Interstate 40 corridor, say from Statesville to Greensboro, those percentages are less than 10%. So again, that's why we say three to six inches uh, is a good possibility for many locations in the Western North Carolina area and in the Greensboro and uh, Winston-Salem area. But the higher amounts, the 12 inches, and the 18 inch probabilities are really centered in the foothills and the Western North Carolina mountains. So again, the possibility of seeing some big snow is a real likelihood here in Western North Carolina. So with that, I will toss it back to, um, back to, I guess, Ricky or no, Melissa, that's her run rundown here. So Melissa, we're just talking about all those snows and I'm going to bring you in here because you do a lot of work with Kokoros. Um, we want to get those uh, those uh, measurements of snow accurately. We just don't stick a a ruler out in the yard and say, "Hey, look, it snowed this much." You're going to tell us how we really get those accurate snowfall accumulations.
5: Thanks, guys. So, the Cocoross program is going to be a we're going to be looking towards the Cocoross program to help fill in the gaps with snowfall to make those reports. Not just of the snowfall, but also looking at um, you know, any type of freezing rain accumulation that we have. So just a couple of quick little tidbits on how to measure snow. Um, One of the first things that you want to do is you want to measure the snow, the new snowfall, as soon as possible after it ends and before it gets a chance to settle and melt. And for our cocaroush observers, that may not be around their normal observation times. So that's one of the things that they want to kind of, you know, you want to watch for when it finally starts to die off to do that measurement of snow. And when you are measuring snow, you want to make sure that you find a nice level place where you don't have any drifts so you're not going to go to the side of the house where the wind is blown up the you know the, the snow on the side you want to make sure that it's in an actual exposed area where you're gonna get a very nice even type of, um, or an even measurement. Um, you can use a roller, you can use a yardstick. You wanna make sure that you get it to the surface of the ground. Now some of our coca observers in North Carolina and even in the upstate will have a thing known as a snowboard, which is a, a board that they've prepared well in advance of winter weather um, that they can put on the ground that's gonna help them actually hit that bottom so that they can get a really good level, accurate um, measurement. But for those of us who are not going to be, or are not coca observers, yet. I'm going to work on that later for you guys. Um, We can use just a ruler or a yardstick to do that measurement. And you want to make sure that you measure to the nearest tenth of an inch. So you're not going to just put in four inches, you're going to put in 4.1 inches, that's going to give us a better, um, a a better measurement. One of the things that you know, um, and, and this is something that was alluded to earlier was that this is going to be a really wet heavy, dense snow. And so there's like, there's this myth that everyone's heard that for every one inch of rain, you get 10 inches of snow. Um, But that really is a myth because it really depends on that water equivalent ratio that's in the snow. So if you have a really, really heavy wet snow, you could get a, you could get one of those ratios that's more around like one inch of rain is going to be maybe six inches of snow because it's a heavier, dense snow. Or if it's a really dry snow, you can get ratios of where one inch of rain would actually equal like 20 inches of snow. So those are some of the things. If you're measuring it out and you're just measuring the liquid equivalent of that snowfall, we we wouldn't want you to try and use that old adage in order to say, oh well, you know, we got an inch of rain, therefore you must have gotten ten inches of snow. That's not necessarily the case. But one of the other things that you can do as an observer to help, um, you know, the, the National Weather Service and us, as we're tracking this storm over the weekend, is to use um, an app called Mping, um, and that is was developed by the National Severe um, Severe Storms Lab in Oklahoma, along with the University of Oklahoma. It's a really easy app. You can download it for both Android and for your iOS system. And all it's gonna do is it's just gonna ask you for a location. And then based on the location, you get to select the different type of report that you want. Once you select what type of weather or what type of precipitation you have, you hit submit and it's done. It's already submitted. And that's going to be really key, especially in these areas where we have some of these transitions between what's going to be going on um, from the, the rain snow line and even the freezing rain sleet line. So having the MPing app on your phone can be really beneficial, especially in these times of, um, of, 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 of winter weather.
0: All right. Perfect. Well, we hope uh, everyone sends in lots of reports. Uh, Is there anything is too much data?
5: No, there's never anything is too much data. Um, you know, we, for Cocoras observers, um, they may have heard, you know, myself or, you know, the the, the coordinators in North Carolina. Um, you know, the, the idea of having too much data is never enough. Um, just by, you know, just even looking at the data that we got from Florence, the data that we've got from Matthew, and even here in 2015 in, in South Carolina, having all that extra data from our COCROSS observers was key in being able to tell The extent of the precipitation that fell during those significant events.
1: And Melissa if I can jump in here for just a second, um, you're talking about the imping gap and I think this is going to be a vital tool that we could use to kind of see where this warm nose that we're talking about sets up where I might be reporting snow in Morganton but places in Shelby might be reporting sleet or freezing rain and that gives us meteorologists an idea of what type of precipitation is falling because our radar sometimes doesn't depict that very well. So I always recommend these, the MPing app and any winter weather event, and it's especially this one, I think it would really help us out uh, knowing what's going on in your neighborhood.
5: It will also help out the National Weather Service too. They'll be able to make adjustments to their forecasts, their watches, their warnings, and the, their advisories based on knowing what type of precipitation is actually falling.
0: All right, perfect. Well. Everyone needs to go ahead and download those apps and uh, make sure you file all your reports as we go into the coming days. So uh, at this point, we're going to switch from some of the upstate of North Carolina and kind of move more towards the Charlotte area in South Carolina. I want to bring in um, Chris, who's not here yet. So what we're going to do is kind of push that just a little bit. And let's talk about Charlotte, if James is ready for that. Uh, And we'll kind of discuss the uh, impacts that we expect across the Charlotte area.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is going to be the epicenter, Ricky, of where some of this uncertainty comes in, because we've seen it before. Mecklenburg County, where Charlotte is located, is some 30, 35 miles from north to south, ranging from the South Carolina border all the way up to Lake Norman. And what often happens and is going to happen again is Interstate 85 becomes this magical, mysterious line between what is snow, what is sleet, and what eventually becomes rain. We're going to talk more about the different layers of the atmosphere and how that happens. Now, it's not the interstate itself that does this. It just is the geographical marker that we're using to demonstrate this. And my point is going to be this. We could end up with pushing a foot of snow on the north side of town. And on the south side of town, where I'm located, not far from the South Carolina line, we could end up with just a few inches of snow, if that, at most, and it all depends on how this kind of factors in. So, let me show you here on the monitor behind me exactly what I'm demonstrating. So, when we're looking at these kind of orange colors towards the north side of Mecklenburg, it's more of yellow, I guess, that's nine inches of snow, maybe pushing a little bit more in some local higher amounts. But it drops off very quickly, so you can see before this map disappears off the bottom of the screen, we're in southern Mecklenburg County, we're in the Ballantine area, we're in Pineville, we're in Matthews, And suddenly that number drops to somewhere like four inches. And so you're going to have folks somewhere in this metropolitan area who are going to feel like this forecast was busted because they kept hearing about a foot of snow, but We don't know exactly where this line is going to set up. It could be 30 miles to the north, 30 miles to our south, which is why the messaging is to prepare now, because even if you don't get all of this snow, someone in this area throughout the entire region could end up with maybe a 10th or 20th inch of ice. And that's what I've got up here behind me now. This is the ice forecast expectations across the metropolitan area. And you can see, yeah, a 10th of inch is not a lot, but when you think about ice, That's enough to slip and slide as you're trying to move about. Uh, And that's why folks are really advising everyone just plan to stay inside because it's just not worth risking it and traveling this weekend. I know we're going to be talking about the absolute worst case scenario in case you have to go out, but let me just slide this ice graphic over for a moment. And I know Chris Jackson just joined us and he's going to be talking about South Carolina in a moment. But whether it's Spartanburg, Greenville, or it slides slightly in the forecast, someone could see almost a quarter inch of ice. And that's a lot of ice, and not only does that make traveling difficult, but that is also a threat to the power lines, as tree branches have to bear this weight along with those power lines. Ricky, so I think that's why everyone along Interstate 85 needs to understand there's some uncertainty here, but we need to prepare for the worst-case scenario.
3: Yeah, and we certainly- I'll, I'll jump in, James, and, and just add you know, one of the reasons why we see this this sort of line of delineation is because we're getting a little bit of a warm that warm nose guy you talked about earlier. Get that warm layer loft that's kicking in off of the warmer ocean waters, right? So we have wraparound winds from high pressure to the north bringing in northeast to east winds in off the ocean, which drives that warm nose inland. And so it stays along the lower, the, basically the lower topography. And as you go higher up in the topography, that line starts to, to go away where you get more of the frozen precipitation. But you get that warm layer kicked in pretty far inland. And how far inland that warm nose goes is what determines whether or not you get more or less to the north and south. So it's a pretty tricky situation topographically speaking for that area.
2: Yeah. And that's folks, that's what you see on these future casts, whether it's the GFS like behind me or something else where the rain is green and the snow is blue. And then you have get the sleeting ice in the middle that could be pink or purple. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about that mixing of cold air and warm air, because obviously if the temperature is above 32, we're not going to have straight snow. And so whether that line sets up exactly where you see it over my shoulder or it shifts a little, we're not going to know. And I we wish we knew. But as we go into this weekend, it's going to move from a forecasting scenario to a now casting scenario.
0: And of course, that's always a struggle. I remember a storm, I think it was one or two years ago, that literally we had uh, rain in the southern portion of Mecklenburg County. and the northern portion, we did end up with almost a foot of snow. So uh, it can always be a fun time trying to forecast across Mecklenburg County. And unfortunately, it's always the biggest area that seems to be impacted it is. as well.
2: And geographically and population wise in this neck of the woods. And the other thing I'll just add is the way the school districts operate here, at least historically, is if there's ice or snow in the north side of town and two campuses or one campus has to close, they all close. So I've lived in Pineville in years past, 45, 50 degrees and sunny, and it's a
0: snow day. Yep. All right. Uh, Scotty, if we have some questions, we can bring them in now here real quick. And we can uh, try to address some of those while we see if Chris is ready to talk about South Carolina, if you want.
6: Uh, yeah, we good
0: to go.
1: whenever you guys are? Okay. okay. Um, well,
0: let's, let's bring in. Let's bring in a couple questions first, and we'll jump to Chris.
1: All right. So uh, Ben Bunting is wanting to discuss the possibility of seeing some wind with this event, especially Sunday afternoon, with the possibility of having the heavy snow and some ice on the trees. Ricky, I know you live up in the mountains, and, and you guys always it seems to get really gusty up there, but with this system, though, it's not going to be a big wind producer, but we could see the possibility of seeing a little gusty wind Sunday evening that could cause some some, some problems.
0: You're right, we could. And I pulled up uh, the wind here from the Nam 3 model. This is the Zero-Z run, which is uh, just finishing running here, complements of uh, weathermodels.com. So we step out here in time, and here's actually Saturday uh, evening and a Sunday night, and some wind gusts of 20 to 30 wouldn't be out of the question, uh, and for, with heavy, wet snow, that's, you know, not a huge problem um, because it's not ice compared to snow. But what you do want to look at is some of these gusts could get to 30, 40 at times as we go into Sunday across portions of North Carolina. And if we do see winds of that magnitude, I could see a few trees coming down uh, just because of the saturated nature of the ground. So that'll be a, somewhat of a concern as we go into Sunday across the area. We'll have to watch that and and alone too. check out some of the gusts there on the North Carolina coast. Uh, We haven't talked about them much, but as they're in the warmer sector of this storm, we could even see some rain or thunderstorms over there and some uh, gusts to 40 or 50 uh, as we see this low pressure pulling offshore and, and more of kind of a for lack of another term, a nor'easter setup uh, for the North Carolina Outer Banks with some minor uh, beach erosion and also some increased tides down in that area. We're going to give Shea a little bit of time here coming up in about 10 minutes to talk about all that across the coast uh, where we could see some of the impacts. But good question there.
1: And then one other question that we have um, and several people, so I'm not really going to mention a lot of names, but wanted to know the onset of timing for precipitation. And so uh, basically, we could say uh, the Southwest Mountains, the Asheville area, probably see uh, any precipitation with the upstate of South Carolina at the same time. That would be um, tomorrow afternoon as you move into the foothills, into the mountains, uh, towards the Charlotte area at maybe 8 p.m. to midnight. And then as you get into the Greensboro, Winston-Salem, Raleigh area, it could be a little bit uh, later into Sunday morning, let's say 3, 4, 5 a.m., before you start to see the precipitation start. But it's going to move in from the southwest and move northeast. So those uh, locations in the upstate and southwest uh, North Carolina, you'll see it first, followed by the foothills, the Charlotte metro area, um, into the Columbia area, and then eventually it'll move into the coastal areas of north and south Carolina, into the Raleigh area, and then out uh, up to Virginia, so that's kind of a basic uh, breakdown of which communities or what what um, areas will be seeing the precipitation. With that, I think we're going to bring Chris Jackson in, who's going to give us the latest for um, uh, the Midlands and the Upstate of South Carolina. Chris,
6: ah, what's going on? Good to be here finally. <laughs> Sorry I was late, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I you know don't know too much about what you guys have already covered, but uh, just to go in and talk about some of the Midlands and the Upstate. Um, just like I've been talking about uh, all week on, on my personal on my personal Facebook page and I'll say through uh, South Carolina weather on Facebook uh, for the Midlands and, and the low country South Carolina it's gonna be all rain event. Um, uh, just the temperatures are gonna be just a little bit too warm uh, for any kind of frozen precipitation. but uh, going into the northern Midlands and really across Lancaster County back into the upstate uh, you know basically everybody that's uh, uh, Union County and north from the 385i26 split, uh, definitely going to have a mixed bag of precipitation from there, uh, you know, further to the northwest uh, up to the uh, Greenville-Spartanburg area. And, you know, with that mixed bag of precipitation, I'm sure you guys have already talked about it, it's going to really kill the potential for any kind of big snowfall totals. So uh, that's going to be something to to just going to be really, really hard to, to see in, uh, I guess, beforehand uh, before the event starts and more of a, a now cast kind of deal. But uh, you know, if you're in the, South Carolina above I-85, um, expect a pretty significant winter storm. I mean, you know, if this thing just overachieves a little bit, it's not the question, you may, you may get uh, 10 inches, maybe a foot of snow, um, but until then, it's just gonna be really tough to see uh, where exactly that rain snow line, that mix line sets up.
2: And one thing- Chris, like do you think there's any scenario oh. where you get a little flurry <laughs> activity in Columbia?
6: Oh, absolutely. I think uh, I think Monday afternoon and uh, really Monday afternoon, Monday evening and maybe early Tuesday morning as that uh, the shortwave dives in behind the main low pressure system. Uh, by then, the the temperature profile will will be supportive of snow. So there's definitely a chance Monday, uh, probably noonish uh, through the afternoon hours and through the evening that there's a, you know, maybe a few snow showers or a couple flurries, uh, you know, from the Midlands and uh, points north back up to the upstate. You know, it. It's not the question. Monday afternoon, if you live in Columbia, you may see a few snow flurries.
0: And I assume in Columbia, it's just like that meme on the Internet where someone sees a snowflake and everyone freaks out, right?
6: Absolutely. I mean, we, we, we could just say snow here in and, and 20 minutes, uh, all the bread will be gone off all the uh, shelves of the grocery store. Gotcha.
0: Well, uh, we've kind of discussed each region and we're going to get to the coastal impacts here in a minute. But what I want to pop up is uh, our precipitation type graphic, if we can, James. And we'll kind of just go over that one more time and explain what the warm nose is and what we expect to happen as we go into the day on saturday night and sunday across the area now the reason we expect a good amount of snow in western north carolina is because of the cold air that's going to be in place with the elevation and also some of the cool air uh, placement is just going to help all the column of air from the clouds all the way down the surface be below 32 or at 32 Uh, And so as a result, the snowflakes likely never melt through there. But across Charlotte across portions of North Carolina, there is likely going to be an area where there's some warm air aloft. If you ever look on a sounding, uh, basically the sounding is like a line. It goes straight up most of the time or curves a little bit. But with a warm nose, you kind of look for like a triangle. And I need to flip my hand around and try the other way. Um, That way. There we go. So it kind of looks like a little warm nose right through there on a sounding. And uh, you can pick it out as an area of warmer air above 32, so what happens is the snowflakes fall into that little area of warm air above 32, they uh, start to melt, and then since there's a good area of warmer, colder air, excuse me, from that warm air down to the surface, they actually refreeze, and those are where those sleep pellets start to bounce, and uh, it is different than hail, everyone always likes to call it hail, but it's much different than hail, it is a wintertime process. Uh, where the temperature is above 32 and then below so it refreezes but freezing rain you've got a much warmer area greater area of surface area of temperatures that are above 32 so as a result the rain falls as liquid and then freezes at the surface with cold air that is below 32 at ground level and of course with rain you've got temperatures above 32 all the way from the cloud down to the surface so we do expect rain to start probably then a transition over to some wintry mix and sleet, then all snow and then battery probably back to sleep for a little bit across Charlotte. Uh, so as James was talking about earlier, always fun times trying to work out the uh, precipitation types and really it is a now casting thing to where you have to kind of look almost when it's occurring to see how strong that warm nose is. James and our friends at, uh, UNC Asheville and I I think some of the other schools across North Carolina will be launching some weather balloons, and especially UNCA, and that should really help us kind of survey that warm nose and see how thick it is.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and we'll be using that in our now casting scenario. What I wanted to piggyback off of is it's this freezing rain that scares me the most because we don't want you at home to let your guard down because you may look outside and it may look like rain because – it's liquid falling, but it's freezing as it gets right down to the surface or impacting on those cold surface. And so that's why we need to keep this icing threat in mind too, uh, because it's going to just really be advisable that, you know, when Sunday morning rolls around, depending on what you see outside, if you're trying to get out to Sunday, maybe church services or kids have some activities, you need to factor in what is it that I'm seeing outside right now? What is it doing when it's hitting the surface?
0: And what is it going to be when I try to make my way home? And, of course, as people do travel, they're going to come upon a lot of roads that are either snow-covered or have some ice on them. And we've got a little bit of some advice from the North Carolina Governor Ray Cooper talking about what you should do if you do plan to travel. Uh, James, can we roll that?
7: Weather forecasts closely and be prepared to stay put for a few days when the storm rolls in and the roads become slick unnecessary travel not only puts you at risk but it also puts our emergency responders and our law enforcement officers at risk. The more cars we have on the road the tougher it will be for our Department of Transportation crews to treat and clear those roadways. If you absolutely must travel, clear your car of snow and ice before you drive, slow down and leave room between you and other vehicles. You also want to have an emergency kit in your vehicle including an ice scraper, jumper cables, tow chain, sand or sock blankets, a flashlight, a first
2: aid kit and a road map. To give- and to show you what some of those things are that the governor was just talking about, here are some of the things you want to make sure you have in your car if the absolute worst-case scenario is you have to go out. So these are items that are going to help you if you get stuck and stay warm, or maybe move your vehicle. That's a survival blanket. That's a shovel. That's a scraper. That's jumping cables, and of course drinking water in case the worst-case scenario is that you have to spend some time in your car. Uh, the city of Charlotte also held a news conference today, and they too advise that if for some reason you get stuck in your vehicle, do call 911 and if conditions are safe, they'll try to get someone out to help you. Uh, They'll also have their uh, city police, and the governor said something similar for his state troopers, out checking abandoned cars as conditions warrant to make sure uh, that there is no one stuck out in the storm. But again, it's really just advisable that if you do not have to go out, just stay home. But as uh, someone who has a newborn in their household, I understand that there are situations where sometimes you just can't help it. There's some situation that does warrant that you have to go out. So if that situation does arise. Ricky, we just want folks to be prepared.
0: Yeah, that is a good idea. And not only prepared on the road, but prepared at home. A little bit of breaking news coming out this evening from Duke Energy. Uh, Their estimates for potential power outages in this storm are going at half a million or more with the potential for snow and ice across North Carolina. So keep that in mind, that there could be extended power outages across portions of North Carolina, especially in those areas that see the heavy snow, Duke Energy estimating potentially 500,000 outages are possible with this storm in the coming days. So if if you uh, jump in there,
2: I'll just let people Oh, good. I'm sorry, there was another voice. Go ahead. Go ahead, James. I was just going to say that uh, if power outages do affect you, one of the reasons uh, that we are moving a lot of our updates just like this to our podcast platforms is so that if you find yourself in a situation where you don't have a strong internet connection, you don't have access maybe to Facebook or or you're trying to conserve that battery on your phone, you can find the Carolina Weather Group on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio and other podcasting platforms so that you can get the news you need but conserve that battery and use as
0: limited amount of internet. Internet as possible. All right, very good. Uh, finally, tonight we want to bring in our coastal friends, Shay Gibson, in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, where you don't get any snow, Shay, but you may get some rain, or certainly we'll get some rain. And uh, also, we had to talk about the potential coastal impacts from this area low pressure off the coast.
3: now that's exactly right, Ricky. Thank you uh, for bringing me in. I know that uh, a lot of folks here at the coast they want to know: Are we going to see any flakes? But I think the more important thing to be talking about here is the potential for flooding along the coast. We're going to have heavy rains, We have strong driving winds Sunday. So Sunday morning is a particularly um, watched day right now as far as where the tidal fluxing is going to go because we're looking at getting above hat values or high astronomical tide values which would make significant flooding uh, for a lot of folks on the coast. We just had it right before Thanksgiving, November 23rd, November 24th. We had the sixth record, uh, sixth highest uh, high tide on record, and then on the 23rd it was like number 11. So I mean, we've had uh, a couple of events lately. I'm going to go ahead and share a screen here and present and give you give James the cue. Let me know when you can see it. I'm going to try to use a draw tool as well. I don't know if it's going to work on this particular outlet, but uh, this is the QPF. So this is the five-day rainfall total that we're looking at. And then for us along the coast, it's going to be a cold rain. So don't don't expect anything until possibly Monday night. Around the backside, as Chris was talking about earlier, a little shortwave low that's associated with upper low may drive a little bit of this frozen column downslope towards the coastline where you could see a flake Monday night here Charleston. But very low percentage there. I, I just, if anything, it'd be a quick, quick flurry or two before clearing out. The air may dry out completely. One uh, of the driving factors for this, I'm going to try this draw tool. Let me know if you can see it. This high pressure right here. And so, uh, this high pressure is going to wobble to the north and it's going to keep this cold air driving down into the coast. And this is also you don't see it. OK, well, I can just uh, walk you through it. But either way, this high pressure is creating clockwise winds down. And this is what's keeping that cold air driving down into the southeast region. We call this the northeast wedge. And as this goes in time, this stays over the top of it. We can almost call this a rect block in weather terms where we have low to the south, high to the north. And so we keep, what we end up with is a very strong northeast to east northeast gradient along the coast where the winds are gonna be increasing. You can see this right now, the gradient is starting to build up in the mid Atlantic. So you have 16 miles per hour, uh, gust to 19. And this gradient is gonna build stronger and stronger over the next couple of days as uh, time goes on. That's also gonna be driving that warmer air in from the Gulf Stream into the coastline. So that's why we're gonna end up with the cold rain. As we get into Charleston, we get into sunday i'm just going to zoom in and show some uh model runs here and you, you see there's a, a decent suite of model runs we have the nam we have the gfs the her some of these drop off in time but as we get into sunday morning early saturday night over to sunday we see this really strong northeast to eastern with these gradient building and winds could kick up to 35 knots so the weather service has issued uh, they will be issuing the gale warnings, which will go into effect tomorrow at, I think, 4 o'clock all the way through Sunday, 7 p.m. This is what's going to be driving water into the coastline. And so as a result, we end up with this possibility of seeing 8.3 feet. It was 8.1 earlier, and we up to 8.3. This is toggled around a little bit, but it's, the confidence is becoming greater that we may see a high a tide of over 8 feet for the Charleston area. Uh, if, we, if we look historically, this would be close to number 11 on the list of all-time uh, record highs tides for this area so we have this is very this is considerable for this area once we get over seven and a half feet this is the highest astronomical tide value uh, we start to see significant flooding especially downtown Charleston where, where uh, places like Crosstown and other areas will shut down Market Street those areas we're looking at some of the heaviest rain also going to be Sunday morning as well so all that topped in with uh, driving winds into the coastline and this is what we get we get a higher value even the ET surge is reading this as well So weather service, uh, like I said earlier, gale warnings are going to be starting tomorrow and lasting through Sunday p.m. And uh, that's what we're kind of looking at right here, Ricky. It's really just a matter of how much rainfall we're going to get. But we we do need to look at this upper low that's going to be developing. And I'll show you that one more time. I'll share screen one more time and then hand it back over to you. Let's see here. I'm using the am 12 just so we can go out in time a little bit. This isn't exactly what's going to happen, but uh, you can see here the main low passing through Sunday off the, along the coastline, driving that northeast wedge down the coast as it heads to the northeast. Behind that, we see we usually see these little short waves develop over the Ohio Valley and drop straight down over the Appalachian Mountains. This is associated with an upper low. And we see a little bit of frozen precip try to work its way down into the Midlands of South Carolina and then start to head downslope towards the coast. So we may get a little bit more icing along eastern North Carolina as a result of that. And that then we have a surface low develops off the coastline. So this is where the chance for us to maybe see some things Monday night briefly, but uh, nothing accumulating, nothing to worry about. I still think the temperatures here will hold above freezing even during that event. It may get very close, but we've seen flakes here before, even with air temperatures at 38 degrees. It just doesn't, it doesn't stick. It just means the cold column aloft is able to drop snow all the way down where it melts at the surface. So um, That's our only shot, guys, but mainly be looking for Sunday morning to be flooding. If you live in a flood-prone zone, be aware uh, don't leave your cars in low-lying areas. Um, also, if you have boats that are on docks that may go up above where the floating dock values are, are, are capable of holding the boat, uh, you may want to consider that as well. So uh, be aware of maritime environment because it's it's going to happen again Sunday morning like it did on the 23rd almost. So, uh, back to you, Ricky.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Shay. Hopefully everything uh, is good down there and uh, folks heed the warnings about the flooding that is expected along the coastline. So let's uh, answer a few questions that we've got in. One of them was, is this going to be a wet snow or a dry snow? Well, uh, with the amount of moisture we expect and the temperatures that are going to be hovering generally around freezing or a couple degrees below, where the snow does fall, I do expect it to be a heavy, wet snow, uh, which is why we are concerned about power outages. So not as good for sledding in a lot of cases, but really good for making snowman, really good for making uh, snowballs. Things like that taste the same feed you and snow cream, um, but heavy wet snow looking likely with this system as it moves through. Scotty, we had a question as well about the difficulty of the forecast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cough if I did. If you heard me cough, I'm sorry about that. We've had several um, questions about the difficulty of this forecast. And, um, you know, we all can talk about this since we've got a little bit of time. Um, you know, weather forecasting, Ricky, you know, you and I lived in, charlotte western north carolina for a long time and it seems like when winter storms come up this is the always the 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 trick is who gets snow and who gets this wintry mix of everything and and james you're a great person to bring in as well because you live in south charlotte and there's been times you've had green grass and your neighbors 15 miles to the north had several inches of snow and um Shay brought a good point about about the worm nose. this and that that's basically it this is this right here, when I do school presentations and we talk about precipitation, I always tell the kids this: more, this precipitation map that you see right here, this is what will give you headaches forecasting winter winter weather here in North Carolina because that warm nose is really hard for us to pick because we don't have temperature sensors above our head five, six, seven, eight thousand feet. So it's hard to know the temperature up there. We only know what it is here at the surface, and a degree or two makes all the difference.
2: And Eric Thomas at WBTV wrote a great article about this, and we shared it on our Facebook page. And the comparison is this, that in the summertime, when he's asked to forecast a low pressure, it's going to bring lots of moisture into the southeast five days out. That's currently over the Pacific. He has the general track of where the storm's going to go, and he can tell you it's going to rain, and you go, yeah, it rained. But if he's off by a tenth quarter inch of rain, not really noticeable. It's only this much. But what the thing is you have to understand about snow is when you freeze that water and you turn it into snow – this little liquid becomes this much snow. So if he's off by a quarter inch, he's you're going to notice several inches of snow accumulation that that is just not there. And with the amount of uncertainty we had in the forecast, that is frankly the difficulty of trying to pin down these accumulations. And then when you factor in that we're going to have this warm air mixing in there at different layers in the atmosphere, so it's not even snow versus rain, but it's snow versus sleet versus freezing rain versus Rain, it gets very difficult, which is why someone out there is inevitably going to be upset that this forecast didn't play out the way they thought it was going to, and it's probably going to be somewhere along the I-85 corridor where we just get too much warm air, and we go from snow right back on into liquid rain. But if you get caught in the middle, we need to watch for this freezing rain that is going to cause an icing concern.
0: I think the other concern for me is that this the model data we're looking at. upstream across portions of Oklahoma, across portions of Texas, has been performing pretty poorly. And so a lot of times we actually will look upstream, kind of figure out exactly what the storm's been doing uh, to kind of project that in the future. Now, of course, things can change and things are different in different regions across the nation. Uh, But to me, my confidence is a little lower in some of the model predictions just because of how poor it's been resolved further upstream across uh, areas where the storm is moving through right now. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Uh, and Scotty, there's the ice that you pulled up. I, I want to address that real quick too, because check out the uh, ice potential. Uh, this is our freezing rain graphic. If we can take that full, uh, even across portions of North Carolina or Western North Carolina in the mountains and Tennessee, we could even see a little bit of ice and then, uh, stretching up into Virginia and especially as James has been mentioning across Mecklenburg County, North and East into, uh, portions of Davidson County, Cabarrus County, Rowan County. And as you go up towards Gulford and maybe, uh, Rockingham.
1: Yeah. And, and this is, I've zoomed into the Charlotte Metro area. We can go over to Raleigh in just a second, but, uh, you can see the, the this is the NAM. This is through midnight. Um, I guess Monday morning it's depicting almost an inch of ice in Monroe. Um, eight tenths of an inch of ice. in um, I think this is, um, uh, Stanley County, This is very concerning. There's a half an inch for um, Cabarrus, Concord, almost a half an inch in Charlotte at the airport, Uh, especially over here towards Greensboro. There's uh, a six-tenths of an inch in Greensboro. I mean, I'm sorry, four-tenths of an inch in Greensboro, six-tenths of an inch over into Burlington, and two-tenths of an inch up in Winston-Salem. So this corridor right here where we saw the lower snowfall amounts, is where we expect to see the ice build up. And and over here, even in the Southwest mountains of North Carolina, showing some high numbers as well. These are more uh, densely uh, or not as populated areas, but still going to be some concern. But James, you know, you're not far from Monroe where you live at. That's pretty concerning right there.
2: Yeah, I mean, the way this plays out, it's going to be playing out in my backyard. Um, So that does mean I'll be able to give you guys a good, accurate turnaround on what's happening here. And actually, it goes back to what Melissa was talking about earlier, which is that uh, it's very important for myself and other folks at home that if you are seeing precipitation out your door to report it via the MPing app because we have the National Weather Service observations. Uh, we even have some new observations coming online from our friends at Weatherstem. We told you about this earlier in the week. They just installed this one in Rock Hill. Um, so we are going to have some new uh remote observations coming in, but no matter how many there are, there are always going to be more human beings on the ground. So do check out that MPing app uh, so that you can be a part of letting us know, hey is it raining? Is it snowing? Or do you have something in between?
0: Great apps to have and uh, valuable information they're going to be getting in the coming days. Scott, do we have any more questions coming in?
1: Uh, that's all that I've seen. Um, I think we've covered a lot of uh, what folks are wanting to know. Um, you know, we just can't give you an exact snowfall forecast for your backyard, but uh, we have give you some some ranges there. So um, again, you know, on, let's say Interstate 77 East, it's kind of just throwing things up in the air. Do you get as much snow as what's on this map, or are we going to get more ice? And that's only something we can tell as this event starts to get going.
0: All righty. Well, as we go through the next couple of days, especially late tomorrow and into Sunday, we hope you stick with us here at the Carolina Weather Group uh, for continuing coverage of this winter storm approaching the Carolinas. We'll have some reports and live cameras from across the region. We'll have updates on any uh, changes in the forecast, And we'll likely have another special report coming up here uh, either late tomorrow or sometime during the day tomorrow with continuous coverage of the winter storm moving through our region. So for everyone on the panel, I'm Ricky Matthews. Hope you have a great night and hope you are prepared for the snow and ice heading our way.